after the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and we moved into January, uh, the Holy Spirit really ministered to me to read the book of Acts in my devotional time. So probably for the majority of the wintertime, each morning I would read a chapter in the book of Acts, and I read through it three or four times. Well, as we moved into spring, the Holy Spirit directed me to the book of Romans. And so from that time until now, I've been reading the book of Romans. And what that looks like in my life is every morning, I take a few moments, I do some things devotionally. One of the things that I do is I read a chapter out of the book of Romans. Now, there are 16 chapters in that book, and I just finish reading through it, and then I start over. Well, one of the things that I'd like to encourage you to do as we move into summer, as we move into June, there's 30 days in June, and I'm going to continue to read the book of Romans. And I would love to invite you to join me in that. And so all you would have to do is starting June the 1st, and you could start in the morning, but you can start June the 1st and just take a few moments in your day and read one chapter out of the book of Romans each morning. Now, it doesn't have to be morning. It can be afternoon. It can be evening. But what will happen is, as you go through June, you will have read the entire book of Romans two times. Now, as I've done that, one of the chapters that I really have fallen in love with is Romans chapter 8. It's by far my favorite book uh, in Romans, and there's so much in it, and I'm going to show you some things in that book this morning. But I just want to encourage you, if you would, join with me, and uh, we'll read through the book of Romans together. Probably many of you are familiar with Pastor Jimmy Evans. He and his wife, Karen, they pastor in Amarillo at Trinity Fellowship, and he's involved at Gateway in Dallas. And I remember him telling a story that I never forgot. He said that when he and Karen got married, they were young. They were not believers. Pretty quickly after they got married, they became believers, and they were young in the Lord. They were young in the things of God, and Karen began to read her Bible, and she took time each day to read the Scripture. And as she did, Jimmy, her husband, began to see the transformation taking place in her life. And God, by the power of his word, began to change her, grow her, and mature her. Well, of course, because of that, he began to read also, and they're both been pastors for many years. But in the beginning of their walk with God, the word of God is what changed them. It's really hard to be a Christian apart from the Word of God. Really, it's impossible. I mean, if you want to grow in the things of God, if you want to grow in Christ, it's so important to read the Scripture because it will change you. It will grow you. It will mature you. Sometimes we don't read because we just don't know where to start or we don't know what to read. So I, again want to encourage you, join me in reading the book of Romans and start with chapter one. Uh, And it could change, but as of right now, I'm going to read Romans throughout the entire summer. And and that's another thing stirring in me this morning. Uh, All of us are busy in the summer. All of us have good things to do, fun things to do, work to do. And I want to make sure that you don't miss out on God this summer, okay? As you take vacation, don't take vacation from Jesus, amen? So I just want to encourage you, be in church when you can. Uh, If you're out of town, we understand that. But jump into the book of Romans with me, and you'll grow, and you'll mature. And then when we get to the fall, you will have had a good summer. Here's the thing. If you have a good summer spiritually, you'll have a good summer. Amen? Amen. So jump in there with me. Well, I want to read to you this morning out of Romans chapter 8. 
I'm going to start with verse 1, and I'm reading to you out of the uh, New King James Version, and I want to show you three things in this verse that have ministered to me personally, and I know they'll minister to you and strengthen you. So let me read what it says. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I want to break that verse down, and I want to read the yellow part to the comma, and I want to start where it says Christ Jesus, and I want to show you three things in this verse. And so we're going to kind of start at the end, and we're going to work our way to the front of the verse. Let me read it to you again. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's the first thing I'd like you to see this morning is the simple phrase that says, in Christ Jesus. All right, what does that mean? Here's what it means. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, how many of you know Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning? You know that you're a Christian, amen. All right, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, then that phrase, in Christ, when you were born again, that's exactly what happened to you. You are now in Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so when you accepted Christ as your Savior, the Scripture says you're in Christ. Okay, so this verse belongs to you. The promises in this verse belong to you because you're in Christ. Now, here's something I want you to see that's so simple and powerful. Whenever you're reading your Bible, anytime you see the words in Christ or you see the words in Him or you see the words in whom, okay, in Christ, in him or in whom. Anytime you're reading your Bible, particularly in the New King James Version, anytime you see that phrase, excuse me, there is a promise attached to it that belongs to you. All right, anytime you see it. Now, there's a promise right here in this verse that I'm gonna show you. Now, I've got a little book with me this morning, and I had some at the red desk to get out, and all the greedy people in the first service took them all. Okay, so I have one right here, and it's, I'm going to let it go this morning for $1,000, okay? No, I'm kidding you. I'm going to order more this week, and I will have more next week. But here's what I want you to see about this book, okay? This is a little book called In Him, and the author has taken time to find every verse in the New Testament that says, In Him, In Whom, or In Christ, All right, this little book has every one of those verses in the New Testament, so you don't have to go to the trouble to look them up. They're all in here. Next week, I'm going to have these, and I want to be able to give you one. And when you take this little book, you can look up every single one of those promises, the promises that belong to you. The Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, listen, the Bible is not a rule book, okay? Now, there are rules in the Bible. I'm not saying there's not. But the Bible is filled with promises that belong to you. And all you have to do to qualify for them is know Jesus as your Savior. That puts you in Christ. See, if I got up here this morning and said, well, I've got promises for you, but you got to read your Bible a lot. you got to pray a lot. In fact, you need to fast some. And, 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 it, and if you could climb Mount Everest, it would really be good. Uh, I mean, if you could go to Africa and fight a lion, it would be even better, right? I mean, if you could do some of these crazy things, man, then God's promises would really belong to you. No, 
you only have to do one thing to qualify for the promises of God, and that's be born into the family. That's what Jesus said, right? What did he tell Nicodemus? He said, you have to be born again, right? You're born into the kingdom of God. And then when you do, you're qualified. Now, I only have one of these, and I want to give it to a person who really needs it. So I want Ashley to come up, and I'm going to give her the, I'm going to give her the book. There you go, Ashley. You're, you're welcome. All right. Now, now, I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm just saying, you know, she could use it. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Ashley, I'm sorry. All right, now let me show you the second promise in this verse. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Okay, how many of you this morning are in Christ? Okay, if you're in Christ, the promise in this verse says that you are not condemned. Now let me explain to you what the word condemnation means. Condemnation means to pass sentence, okay? All right, let's say Mario gets in trouble with the law after church. And uh, he gets arrested by one of our great law enforcement officers in Tulia, okay? And then uh, he's accused of a crime. And then after the accusation, uh, he goes to court, and there's two lawyers, and those two lawyers argue one for, once against, and they decide what he's done, and they decide if he's guilty. If they decide in court that he's guilty of the crime, then the judge or the jury pass sentence. Isn't that how it works? In a nutshell, I know that's kind of pretty quick, but that's, but that's how it works. And they can decide all kinds of things, right? They can decide probation, prison. There's all kinds of things that can happen to you. But they pass sentence. Now, don't miss this. This is so good. I hope you got your shouting clothes on this morning. This is so good. Okay. There has been a sentence passed on you, but Jesus took it for you. Okay. You went to court... You were found guilty. You were found to be a sinner. You were found to deserve hell. You were found to deserve to be separated from God. Sentence was passed, but Jesus went to prison in your place. Jesus went to the cross and took your sin upon himself. And so that verse says that if you're in Christ, the sentence has been put on Jesus and it'll never be put on you. Amen? All right, now listen to me. Have you ever thought before sometimes when things happen in your life, sometimes bad things can happen or you can be disappointed, something doesn't go your way? Have you ever felt like sometimes, well, maybe I've done something wrong or maybe I haven't done what I should do and somehow maybe God is punishing me or he's teaching me a lesson? Okay, this verse says God does not do that because if you're in Christ there's no condemnation on you. There will be no sentence or judgment passed on you because it was put on Jesus. Listen, I deserved to be condemned. As I look across this room, we deserved to be condemned, but Jesus was condemned for me. Are you with me? So, the book of Galatians says that I'm not under a curse. I'm under the blessing. Now, do bad things happen? Absolutely. But it's not because God is trying to teach you a lesson. Because there's no condemnation. There's no sentence passed on you. Because you're qualified for God's love and grace and blessing because you're in Christ. Now, let me show you the third thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
It says there is therefore now no condemnation or no sentence. All right, do you notice the word now? You don't get it when you get to heaven. You get it now. You've been forgiven now. You've been released now. You know, one of the things that I know happens to men, sometimes when a man comes to church, it can be hard to worship God, and there's two reasons why it happens. When a man comes to church, sometimes he feels condemned because of the things he's done that week. It can be something that he thought. It can be something that he said. It can be something that he did. And so a man comes into church, and he can feel condemned. The next thing that happens is then you feel ashamed. So when the song starts and the worship leader invites you to join in, your tendency, if you're not careful, is, yeah, but I did this and and I did that, or, hey, I thought this, and you feel condemned and you feel ashamed. Listen to me. You are not condemned. The sentence has been paid. And when you come in this place and the devil tries to remind you of your past, all you have to do is remind him of his future. Amen? Amen. Come on. Amen. Because you're not condemned. Here's the next thing. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Let me show you something. Anytime you're reading your Bible and you see the word therefore, Here's what you need to do. Ask yourself one simple question. What is it there for? That's pretty good, right? Okay, what is it there for? Okay, this verse says there's therefore. What does that mean? Well, that means something was said before it that affects this verse. Are you with me? Okay, why is it there for? So something happened in chapter 7 that makes this connected to it. So we're going to back up a little bit. I'm going to go to Romans 7, 24, and I'm going to read to you 7, 24, and 25 out of the New Living Translation. Now, let me set this up. Paul is talking about the battle of life that every one of us face every day. The battle of life, the good times, the bad times, the hard times, everything we face every day. That's what he's talking about. Listen to what he says. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Now, Kirk, can you stay right there, please? What a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death. What's he talking about? He's talking about that struggle that you and I live in every day. Do you ever feel like sometimes you wish you could just get free from it? That, man, you just wish there wasn't problems in life and there wasn't obstacles and there wasn't battles? I mean, there's probably not one person in here not facing a battle, right? Everybody's got stuff going on in their life. Anybody got stuff? Man, I, I got stuff. Ashley, you got stuff? That's why I gave you that book, right? Because you got stuff. I got stuff in my life. Okay, Paul is saying, hey, it makes me feel miserable. Now go to the next verse. <clears throat> Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Stop right there. Listen, whatever you're facing, the answer is Jesus. Whatever mountain you're facing, the answer is Jesus. Paul is saying, hey, I'm fighting a battle. Some of our battles are life and death. I'm fighting a battle. But the answer to my battle is Jesus. Listen to it. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. Now, here's all I want you to see that's so powerful. Every one of us fight battles. Every one of us, we have good days and bad days. 
uh, I had to go to the doctor last week. I missed church last week, and so I had to go to the doctor. Well, it was right at lunchtime, and I had to go to Plainview, so Miss Vicky's taking me to the doctor. Well, Ashley and Arthur, uh, not Arthur, excuse me, Ashley and Kurt and Megan are coming to our house for lunch. Well, just as they're getting there for lunch, just as Ashley's getting there for lunch, Mom and I are leaving. Well, Ashley's pulling up, and she's rolling her window down. Vicky's rolling her window down so they can talk and communicate that, hey, we have to go to the doctor. Well, I'm stressed out. Mom is stressed out. So when we're stressed out, we pray. No, we don't pray. We fight. (laughs) Y'all thought, wow, really? No. No, we don't pray. We fight like two cats over a clothesline, right? Y'all know about that, right? Okay, so we're fighting and yelling at each other, and uh, I'm stressed out, and she's stressed out, and just as we get up even with Ashley's window, she can hear us yelling and fighting with each other, and she's looking at us, and Vicky's telling her we're leaving to go to the doctor. Well, then we go ahead and leave, and I can only imagine what lunch was like with Kurt and Megan and Ashley talking about how mom and dad have lost their minds, right? Okay. Now, I know none of y'all fight, right? Y'all fight, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we fight. All right. Well, we have, and and so then we have to say we're sorry and we have to do all that, right? Okay, here's the point. Paul is saying, hey, I'm going through all this stuff, but Jesus is the answer. Then it says, but because Jesus is the answer, there's no condemnation. There's no judgment. There's no sentence passed. Even though we blow it, Jesus is there to take care of us. Jesus is there to help us, and he's there to make it okay. Are you with me? Amen. So that's good news. Amen. All right, let me read you the next verse. I want to read to you Romans 8, 2. This is so good. It says, and because you belong to him. Now, stop right there. Do you belong to Jesus? Anybody in here? Okay. All right. So then this verse is for you, right? And if you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I want you to notice something amazing in this verse. It says that the spirit of the living God dwells on the inside of you. Does it not say that? Listen to it. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Listen, Jesus dwells on the inside of you. Now, I want to ask you to do two things this morning. Excuse me. I want you to be aware of God on the inside of you. I want you to be God inside-minded. Does that make sense? Now, listen, you know what lots of Christians do? Lots of Christians worship the sky God. What what do you mean, Pastor? Well, see, we think about heaven a lot of times, and we think about heaven being somewhere else, and then we think God is there in heaven somewhere else. So if you're not careful, you think God is off somewhere else and that he's not with you when the Scripture very plainly says that when you receive Christ as your Savior, you are indwelled with the Spirit of God. Are you with me? So the kingdom is not out there somewhere. It's in you right now. When I accepted Christ as my Savior, the Bible says I was indwelled by the Spirit of God. It says so right in this verse. The power of the life-giving Spirit. It dwells on the inside of me. So I want to encourage you to be God-inside-minded. Okay, the Bible says the greater one lives on the inside of you. 
The Bible says greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Listen, the greater one lives on the inside of me. And he's greater than my mountains. He's greater than my problems. He's greater than my financial issues. He's greater than my health issues. I have the God on the inside of me. And so do you. Amen? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be aware of it in your heart and in your mind. Greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. I'm God inside-minded. The greater one dwells in me, and he dwells in you. And my sentence has been paid for by Jesus, and I'm not condemned. You're not condemned. Hey, what about when I blow it? Well, I ask for forgiveness, and I repent, and I'm not condemned. Amen? Man, that's good news. All right, I got another verse I want to show you. I want to go to Romans 8, 3, and 4, New Living Translation. Now, listen to this. It says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Y'all know what the law is? It's the Ten Commandments. You remember when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he got the Ten Commandments and he came back down? That was the beginning of the law. The Scripture says that law could not save you. What does that mean? Well, that means you can't keep the rules to please God and get into heaven. You don't get to heaven because you're good. You get to heaven because you know Jesus is your Savior. Amen? You're terrible at being good. Amen? Y'all are looking at me like, Pastor, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Amen? Right. We're not, we're not any good at being good. So God did what the law could not do. Listen to it. <clears throat> he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus paid for your sin. Remember, he took your condemnation. He took your sentence on himself. And so you're not condemned anymore. And you're right with God this morning. Doesn't it feel good to be right with God? I mean, really? It's like I'm right with God this morning. You're right with God this morning because of what Jesus has done. All right, I got, I got another verse I want to show you. This is, is it Romans 8, 8 and 9? So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, I want to show you something amazing this morning. The Bible talks a lot about being in the flesh, okay? Everybody reach over and get a hold of your flesh. Everybody has it, Right? Yeah, right? Okay, the Bible says that if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. Well, that sound, doesn't that sound kind of weird? Because I can't jump out of this. I mean, I, I take it with me everywhere I go. I mean, right? So, if, so if, if I'm in the flesh, how do I please God? All right, let me show you. It's amazing. You're going to love it. <clears throat> it says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Look at the next one. This is so good. But you're not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you see that? Now, don't, don't miss this. This is so good. All right. I've been bothering Ashley this morning. I'll just keep bothering you. Okay. Ashley, no, Jesus says her Savior. So the Scripture says she's not in the flesh. She's in the Spirit. Does that make sense to you? The moment you accept Christ as your Savior, you are in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you're not in the flesh anymore. You're in the Spirit. So what does that mean? Listen to it. Look at it. It says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. How many of you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? 
If you've invited Jesus into your heart, big old Will does, right? I saw that hand back there. Will is in Christ. And since he's in Christ, he's not in the flesh. He's in the spirit. And it says the spirit of God dwells in him. And so what does he do? Well, he pleases God. Look at the next sentence. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. He's talking about people that don't know Jesus as their savior. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning. I want you to recognize the love of God in your life. I want you to recognize that Jesus dwells on the inside of you because you've asked him in. I want you to recognize that you're not condemned. You do not have to be ashamed. I want you to recognize that the sentence, the penalty that you deserve was put on Jesus, not on you. And God says, if you need anything from me, come boldly to the throne of grace. Not the throne of judgment, the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. And you know what God says? He says, I'll help you in time of need. Listen, you have a father who loves you. You have a father who loves you. You have a father who's made a way for you to have access to him. And he is satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You don't have to do anything except say yes to it. Amen? Now, that should encourage you and strengthen you this morning. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all stand up. Let me pray for you.